Making everyone happy on vacation isn't easy. But you know what is? Going to Aruba. All you have to do is walk out your door to find pristine pools, relaxing white sand beaches, and an island teeming with outdoor activities that'll put a smile on any face. You won't just feel great, you'll all feel great. Filled with a calmer, more peaceful vibe that radiates Aruba's warmth. And the best part is, it never fades. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your family trip at aruba.com. Thursday. Whew, I barely made it, y'all. What a day. What a day. What a day. Anyways, how y'all doing? You guys good? Anything exciting happening in your world over there? Because I got to tell you, woo! I'm lucky I'm right here right now. Um, we're going to do some housekeeping first and foremost. Guys, I cannot believe the season is almost over. Like, they weren't messing around eight episodes, and that's it. And they're like, I feel like I want to already talk about the last episode, but let's talk about episode seven, a ring or a fling. I'm just like, oh Lord. <laughs> oh, Lord. Anyways, housekeeping, housekeeping, first and foremost, before I go crazy, um, support the show. Bottom of the screen shows you many ways that you can support the show. I would appreciate it very, very much. It helps allow us to do all the production and all the things, all the things. Uh, shout out to my Patreon subscribers. Uh, Y'all who were here yesterday, uh, I want to say that because we're talking about Love and Paradise. And you know that uh, Mark's ex reached out in, in the live chat. Do you guys remember that? So that happened yesterday. Uh, we had some correspondence. She's not comfortable yet uh, doing an interview. So I just wanted to let you guys know that um, she's just not comfortable yet. But we're sending her all the positive vibes that she kind of gets through everything that she's going through. And on that note, shout out to Olivia, Vanessa, Trisha, Sandra, Carol, Trina, Danielle, Rebecca, Marianne, Nia, Rydella. I see you in the live chat. Hey, girl. Hey. You know what's funny, Rydella? Anytime people, I think people are like, just ask Rydella. Just ask Rydella. Oh, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and ask Rydella. So you are the ultimate melanated girly, and I appreciate you. And Linda, Brianna, Crystal, Nicole, Amanda, Jalisa, Donna over at Anchor FM, Angela, better days. Uh, Judy and Beth, I appreciate y'all. And uh, good things coming over on Patreon. You guys should think about subscribing. You're missing out. All right, let's jump right in. We're jumping into Stephen and Martine in the Barbados. And, you know, Martine still has her trust issues. She They're bigger than anyone realized because, you know, 
Steven's a cheater or has been a cheater in his past. And my question to you guys, first and foremost, out the gate, do you think if someone cheats, they will always cheat or can they have a one-time indiscretion and move past it? Let me know in the live chat. Let me know in the live chat because Martine is not feeling it. Martine feels like, mm, I don't know. There's something going on. My gut is telling me not to trust you. But Stephen wants to show her that he's serious about her because he doesn't want to lose her. He's realizing now that, hey, I've spent three years in a long distance relationship with this girl. And I'm really just trying to take it to the next level. So what's going to be the next level? Oh, he invites his friend Joel and Hutchie to a jewelry store. Okay. Doesn't tell them why they're going. Just like, come with me to the store. They get there. And they tell the salesperson, hey, I'm looking for an engagement ring. Now, <clears throat> here's what he says that I find interesting. He says he's doing it because Martine likes action and not just kind words. And so he wants to get a ring and do a proposal. And I was like, well, who doesn't like action? Anyone can say anything at any time. I could tell you, you know, the sky is blue. If I can't prove the sky is blue and have some action behind my words, then who cares, right? Like everyone, everyone wants action. Words are words are words are words are words are words are words. But if you're not going to put any behind those words, no one cares. So Joel, yes, he, the goof pot patty. Joel and Hachi are like freaking frack. So Joel is against their relationship and Hutchie is trying to be like more supportive of the relationship. So Joel says, you know, why are you even doing this? Like you should just call it quits because there's too many questions. You know, you don't even know if you're going to live there or she's going to move here. And like, I just, he doesn't really like her. So he's kind of like, just call it quits. Like, why are you even doing all of this? And then Hachi says, well, you know, I get it. It's been three years you've invested in this relationship. It's not easy to just walk away from that. And if you're saying that you love her, it's not easy to walk away from someone that you love. Absolutely. So you have the angel and the devil on your shoulders. So what is Martine, What is Stephen going to do for Martine? Well, he says he loves her. He loves her. He wants to take it to the next step. He wants to take it to the next level. Um and Joel says, you know, this could be a big mistake. Like, why are you going to spend so much money on a ring? And this could be a big mistake. He's like, he doesn't think it's the right decision. Um, instead of getting a $10,000 marquee cut diamond ring solitaire for this woman, why don't you just go ahead and get like a promise ring? I was like, how old are we? Who do, do people still do promise rings in 2021? So please tell me, because I didn't think that was a thing still. And then he says, oh, if not a promise ring, why don't you just get a ring pop? A ring pop, Joel? You're just throwing shade left, right, and center? Okay. I I'm going to tell Stephen he really doesn't need to listen to you. Like, it's good to get the good and the bad and weigh the good and the bad, but Stephen's obviously already made up his mind. He's right here right now, so a good friend would support your friend instead of completely throwing shade all the time. However, Stephen's like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to do it. So he's looking at the engagement rings. He finds the one he loves. 
He's like nervous even just touching the ring because it is a big commitment, right? You're, you say you love her. You say you want to take it to the next level. You say that you want actions behind your words. Well, here you are. Three years is a long time, y'all. Three years is a long time. Like you either know or you don't know. Either that or just wasting time. That's what I think. Crystal says, that friend really knows his Steven. I think he must know how ridiculous this is. I don't know, you guys. I don't think it's ridiculous. What What's ridiculous about really wanting to, like, take your relationship to the next step? Like, you can't be long distance for three years and not think it's going to be something. Either it's going to move forward or it's going to end. And it can't be both. You can't be in a limbo like, hey, we're just going to hang out and party all the time for the next 10 years of our lives. No, you're either wasting time or you're you're building something with someone. Hey, Kelly. Hey, girl. Hey. So he's like, fuck it. I'm going to do it. And he buys the ring. And of course, Joel has something to say. He's like, you know what? When you make this step, there are three rings involved in it. The first ring is the engagement ring. The second ring is the wedding ring. And the third ring is the suffering. Now, I did chuckle at that because that's quite clever, Joel. But it's also super shade. So <clears throat> it's the next day. We don't even see um, Martine in all of this, right? We just see the three guys and, and them struggling with whether um, Stephen should take it to the next level. And... Then we finally see Martine and they're walking on the beach. She's leaving tomorrow. Uh, Steven has the plan to propose that night. And he just really says he wants to do right by Martine. Now, is that a reason to get married? I don't know. People usually get married because they're in love and they can't picture their future without the other person. That's why you get married. But he's like, he wants to do right by Martine. You only really hear people say, I want to do right by that person if someone's knocked up, really. Like, oh, I guess I'll marry that person because, you know, I want to do the right thing. I want to do the right thing by them. It's kind of weird, but it could have just been like his choice of words, but I don't think so. So he's planning a picnic on the beach. And so they're walking, they lay out the blanket, they have like champagne. It's really, and they're talking and he starts to do his little spiel. So he says, you're the number one woman in my life. And she interrupts him right away, which you know is not a good sign. She's like, oh, well, really, I'm number two after your daughter. Sorry, right? And then he ignores that she interrupted him so rudely and says, well, I'm happy that sorry is taken to you, though, because it really makes this relationship a lot easier. And he's grateful, he says, that they get along. He's grateful that his daughter loves her. Um, and that makes it easier and that makes it for him wanted to be with her more, right? So then in her mind, she doesn't know where they stand, right? So this whole little trip has been very tumultuous. It's been ups and downs. It's been a lot of fighting. She's clearly laid out what she wants. I either want a ring on my finger or we're over because she can't do long distance anymore. She's been very clear and after three years, I can understand where she's coming from. Like, it's been three years. Like, what are we doing here? Right? And I think that he knows that he's 
at risk of losing her, but I don't know if they're in a spot in the relationship where it makes sense to take it to the next level. I don't know if the two of them are, are thinking the same thing, right? So she doesn't know where they stand. She's still having a lot of doubts. <clears throat> and um, they decide to pop bottles. So they pop some champ champagne and they have the longest cheers that I have sat through. So they're cheersing to happiness, to understanding, to communication, to talking, to trusting in the other person, to being open about their feelings. It goes on in, like the longest cheers. They finally cheers. And when I say uh, Stephen took that champagne like it was a shot, he took that champagne down like it was a shot, like there was no one's business. And she's looking at him because he is now starting to act a little bit weird. So he's feeling nervous. He's sweating. He's stressed. Um, he feels like tongue tied. He's just doing the most. And like she, he's sweating bullets and she's noticing it. She's like, are you feeling okay? Like you're sweating a lot. Like what's going on with you? And he's worried that this effort that he feels that he's put into this situation is not enough for her. And he's having an internal battle of his heart in his head. His heart says, propose. His head says, don't propose. So what does he do, you guys? Because this is, I have to tell you, this is the shittiest non-proposal, awkward situation. You should have kept that shit in your head and not told her anything until you figured it out. Or you shouldn't have made it to be this moment if you weren't 100%. Because here's what he does, you guys. He says, you know, what can I do to show you I'm loyal to you and that you can trust me, he says, because I'm fully committed to you. And he just really wants to make sure that he's not going to lose her and that she's not going to walk away because he, she doesn't think he's being serious about the relationship. Well, what actions, Stephen, have you shown that you're being serious about the relationship? And why are you having all of this external dialogue this should be all in your mind and if it's not in your mind and you're like talking out your feelings this is probably not the time to do it so what does he do he tells her that he was going to ask for her hand in marriage and he already purchased a ring but he's fighting tears and i saw no tears no tears were shed Okay, there wasn't even a Darcy face where you like, <clears throat> there was none of that. But he said the words, he said, I'm fighting back tears because he's second guessing himself now. Martine is looking at him like, wait, what? Can you imagine you're having a romantic moment on your last night before you leave your significant other? They have a picnic blanket, they have champagne, the whole nine yards, sunset, beautiful atmosphere. And then your significant other says, oh, by the way, I was going to propose to you, but I'm not because I'm having second thoughts. What? Are you? Wait, I didn't need to know that. This could have just been a, a romantic moment. You could have set me on my way. And you could have risked whether you were going to be with me or not be with me. That would be on you. But now you fucked up because now I'm going to have some attitude towards you, right? 
So why you, because now that's the whole conversation. Why are you having second thoughts? Why did you say, because I, I didn't really see the ring, right? But you say you spent 10K this morning on a ring that you've decided that you're not going to give me, but you wanted to let me know that you were going to give it to me, but you're having second thoughts. And now you're sweating bullets. Well, why are you sweating bullets? What changed? If you're like having this heart overhead battle, obviously your head won out. What's going on in your mind? Clearly you don't want to be with me because why should this be so... It, I get that it's scary. You know, you guys, I get it. It's like a, a serious moment, but scary where you decide that you're just not going to do it and you're going to tell the person that you're not going to do it. It's really, it's fucked up. Sorry guys. It's really, it's really now, now she's going to have that as her memory. And even if he does propose, that was the shitty non-proposal before she has the real proposal. And what do you do with that? What do you do with that? Hey babe. I was going to propose to you, but I'm having second thoughts. So um, maybe, maybe I'll come back to this. Maybe we can circle back. And then when you actually propose, remember the last time I was going to propose and then I had second thoughts, but will you marry me this time? Like, it's about, it, like, I don't know how you recover from that. How do you, how do you bounce back? How do you make the proposal better now that you had the non-proposal and you verbalized the non-proposal and now that's your memory it's terrible so then we go on to costa rica <clears throat> it's been 10 days amber and daniel let me tell you if i could just wear a red flag across my my face i would they've had ups and downs for the past 10 days and that is an understatement as far as I'm concerned. You've had more downs than ups, but Amber says that Daniel showed her how much he appreciated her by taking her ATVing. So Daniel behaved himself for one day out of this 10 day trip. And now he's really just really shown you how he appreciates you. Stop it. He's also completed the paperwork for the K-1 visa that they were they were waiting on. And apparently he's on the phone and in Costa Rica, you can just call the embassy. They pick up immediately and they schedule you your appointment that day. <laughs> what? Uh, you guys, have any of you dealt with any type of immigration, any embassy, even not even immigration? Traveling, have you dealt with any embassies? I'm just curious because I have, and that has never been my experience. So I cannot believe that he said 1-800-US-Embassy. Hello? Hi, yeah. Um, I just finished my K-1 paperwork this morning. I was wondering if you could just fit me in. Oh, you have 1030 available? Yeah, I'll be there. I'll be right there. You're lucky if you get a pre-recorded press one for English, press two for Spanish, press three for Japanese, press four. Like you got to go through all the things and you're lucky if you get something pre-recorded, you're definitely not going to be able to leave a message on a government line. But this dude woke up, finished his paperwork. Bring, bring. Oh yeah. Oh, perfect. I'll be right there. Like, Okay. Okay. See, even Lydia, hey girl, hey, said, yep, you sit and wait for a letter, but whatever. 
Whatever. Let's just believe that did happen. So they have their interview uh, and it's going to be at the embassy at 1030 um, the next morning. And Amber's on 100. And when I say she's on 100, she's on 100 with her controlling crazy ways. She wants to practice the question because she feels like she's done everything so far. All he has to do is show up and know everything about her. And she feels like she's put in months and months and months of work. He just, this is his one shot. And she wants to make sure that he's prepared for his interview. And so there can be no mistakes. And then she says, you know, people get denied for not knowing their second cousin's birthday. That is not true. That is not, what does your second cousin have to do with your relationship? What does your second cousin have to do with the fact that you two want to get married? Your second cousin, you, I don't even, what's your second cousin's name? Let me, let me start there. Okay. All of it, all of the nonsense, all of the nonsense. And Crystal said, and I'm sorry, are these the kind of questions they're asking in these interviews? They're not asking what your second cousin's birthday is. They want to know, here's what they want. They want to know if you guys are indeed living together. And if you're not living together, who's paying the bills? Who are, whose name the bills are in? They want to see photos of your relationship. So the history of your relationship, they want to see the full shebang. They do really prefer that you live together so that they can see that both of you are domiciled in one location and you both get your bills at one location. And then they want to see your history and they want to know what your love story was. What was your love story? Where did you guys meet? How long did you court? And if it's long distance, how long, how many times have you gone to visit that person and they've come to visit you? They ask those type of questions. They ask like family questions like, when was she born? When was he born? Favorite color, favorite, yeah, those type of things. Anything that has to do with the relationship, they're going to ask those things. They're not asking, you know, is Uncle Tom an alcoholic? You know what I'm saying? Like, just not stupid shit. Anyways, so she, Amber is questioning him. And so the first question, she's like, oh, what's my favorite color? He says black. That's her favorite color. What's my favorite sauce? She said, he says ranch. Now I need to know, okay, and don't come for me. I ask this question all the time. It's not until I've met a bunch of Americans and I don't know if it's like part of American culture because no one can really ever answer this question in a way that I can understand it. What's the deal with ranch dressing? Why do y'all love ranch dressing so very much? You put ranch on everything, ranch on salads, ranch with wings, ranch with potatoes, ranch with French fries, ranch, ranch. I don't understand American's fascination with ranch dressing. Please, someone tell me. Like, if I know some people that could like drink ranch if they could. Anyways, her favorite sauce is ranch. His favorite sauce is sweet Thai chili, which makes a little bit more sense to me. But I'm not hating. I'm, well, I am. I don't like ranch dressing. I think it's gross. But I do want to know why y'all love it so much so that I could really try to understand what the big deal is. Like, what's the big deal with ranch dressing? So 
then she wants him to a- answer, what's my favorite food? And he says, shrimp. And she's like, and what else? Chicken tenders. Amber, how the how old are you, Amber? Shrimp and chicken tenders? Is that your non-adult version of surf and turf? Like, Gordon Ramsay would be ashamed of you. Chicken tenders. Chicken tenders. Lord have mercy. I, I'm just trying to find out, Raydella. I'm just trying to find out what the deal is. Amber ordering off the kids' menu facts. I'm just trying to find out what the deal is. Like, I get it. Like, ranch. I don't know. Anyhow, Daniel's like, you need to chill out. Amber, I got this. I got this. I got this. You need to trust that everything's going to go well. You need to not spin out because you're spinning out right now and you're stressing me out. You know, just chill out. Um, And Amber can't. She can't chill out because she says that if they get denied and have to start over and over means if they start over, it means they have to create a new packet. They have to have a new interview and there has to be a new check. And she just doesn't have it in her. She doesn't have it in her to go through it a second time. She has no fight left in her. And I was like, wait, what? So if he doesn't get approved for his K-1 visa this one time, you're, you're peace out. I'm done. Like, I don't love you anymore. I don't want to marry you anymore. Cause that to me is a red flag. If you think of um, John's story with, why can't I think of her name? John, their fairy tale story, Rachel. They've been trying, they've been fighting for three years for him to come from the UK to be with her in the United States, right? They're not giving up, but this girl is giving up just like that. Like she's a one and done. That to, that would be my question. If I was at immigration, I'd be like, so what happens if you don't get approved? Oh, well, we're done. Peace out. See, red flags. Please, please, please. Oh, what is she saying? Please do Amber's hysterical laugh. I haven't mastered her laugh yet. So I'll get back to you on that. I'll do it next week. So um it's k1 visa day amber's nervous she's micromanaging she is being type a plus plus personality she's got all the papers in front of her in on the dining table and we find out that she's made him daniel change four times like he's a child oh what you're wearing that no can you change that oh what you're wearing that no can you change that oh i don't like that that's not going to work for me. Can you change? And he did it. Then I remember he's 23. And I was going to say he's a grown ass man, but Amber is clearly say running the show here. And I know that this fool right here, he's invested in his investment and his investment is getting the green card so that he can go to America with his brother and his mother on Amber's dime period. So, um, they get in the car. He's sleepy. He falls asleep in the car. She gets naggy, right? Cause she wants to continue to test him on his knowledge of her. And 
also remind him to not screw up, that he has to know everything about her. She wants to really just continue to quiz him and test him, but he's like sleeping. She wakes him up to test him and she's getting pissed that he's sleeping. How can you sleep on the biggest day of our lives? How can you sleep through it? I was like, okay, calm down, okay? If he doesn't know you by now, this 20 minute car ride or whatever it is, it's not gonna change a damn thing, period. So you can settle down all the time that you had, that's it. It's 20 minutes is not gonna change the last year. So woosah. So um, Daniel gets mad. He's like, I don't like it when she treats me like I'm her kid. Well, y'all should have thought about that when you got together because you act like a kid, Daniel, when you decide that you're going to quit your job just because you don't want to work anymore and you want your long distance lover to pay all your bills and you allow her to pay all your bills. And oh, by the way, those bills that she pays also pays for your brother's bills. If you act like a child and not like a grown man, guess what? Your partner is going to treat you like the child you're acting like, period. So then she decides that she's going to um, ask him what size she wears. Now, when, when I say Amber got the biggest shock of her life, I always say this, don't, don't ask questions that you don't really want to hear the answer to. Because if you don't really want to hear the answer and you're going to get your feelings hurt, then don't ask the question. So she asked him, what size shirt do I wear? And when I say, you guys, he did this, he looked over at her. Because he's tired too, right? So he's not smiling. He looks over her. He looks her up and down and turns to her and says, large. <laughs> she freaks out. What? What? I'm not a large. I can't believe you said I'm a large. I'm a medium. She asked him. Maybe you're a medium last year pre-pandemic. I think we're all a little less medium since the pandemic. So that was a rude awakening. <sighs> so they get the embassy and she has the files in his bag. Now in the beginning I was confused cause they get there, they pop out of the car and then he just goes right into the embassy. And I was like, well, what about the bag that had all the secret special files that she wouldn't let him touch? But apparently, I guess maybe in the car, she gave them the, the important file to hold on to. Because when they zoomed out, you saw he had the red file files in his hands. Now, here is where I got super confused about as well. She's an American, and that's the U.S. Embassy why can't she even just go inside? Like maybe you can't go into the interview with him, but I'm sure as an American, you can go inside the embassy. But she was acting like it was like forbidden. So she's standing outside, she starts crying. She's all anxious and looking around and I don't know what to do. And if this is a work, I don't know what to do. And he just, uh, uh, just go in the embassy, sit down grab a coffee and chill out. Like, I don't need to see. That's true, Crystal. The cameras can't go inside, but
but they could have just done B-roll outside and have her inside. Like I would have rather that than watching her stand on the side of the street like a lunatic. <clears throat> uh, Lydia says COVID maybe that, that could be it too. That could be it too. I just feel like COVID or no COVID, if that if you're a citizen of that country and that's your embassy, you should be able to go inside. But I could be wrong. Whatever it is, she stood on the street corner and waited for him. And he came out and he's walking and she's like looking all anxious. What's happening? What's happening? What's happening? Everything's all good. He was approved, which I was shocked about, but he was on a mission. This fool taught himself English because he knew that he had to keep a connection with his woman that lived abroad where he wants to live with his family. So Daniel will do his homework when it's necessary. And clearly it was necessary. So he's approved. They kept his passport. As soon as all the documentation is entered into uh, his passport, he will be traveling to Florida to be with Amber. Now, here is the part that cracked me up, and I hope y'all caught it, because I caught it. So Amber's all excited. Oh, Daniel's gonna be moving to Florida. You have so much to do. We need to help David move and get settled. And he's like, I know, I know. I know, I know. He said it like he has other plans. Oh, you think David's gonna be moving out without us? No, you're gonna be sponsoring David too and my mama. So I don't know where you think you're gonna put David while you're away. But when you get back, I bet you he's gonna be like, hey, I can't come if my brother can't come. Like we are in this together. So uh, how can we make that work? I know you're sponsoring me. Can I come over, we get married and you start the paperwork to sponsor my family too? So that was that. Can't wait for next week. And then we have Kay and Mark, uh, Panama. He's packing. He feels empty inside because, you know, she's turned him down. The ultimate, it was, ultimatum was a no-go. But he's rethinking his plans. He's starting to see things differently. Are you, Mark? Are you seeing how selfish you've been being? Cause that's shocking to me. So he's now willing to do whatever it takes to be with Kay. Cause Kay is the love of his life and he wants to be with her by any means necessary. And he wishes he could stay longer cause it sucks saying goodbye. And he's sad and she's sad. And he's just so upset that she's not coming with did you think on your little 10 day trip that you were going to come down to Panama on your 10 day trip, seeing a woman that you haven't seen in the last 10 years. And did you think she was going to pack up in those 10 days and go back with you to California? Cause that's what you're making it seem like you're sad that she's not coming with you. I don't think you planned that properly in your head. I don't think you had realistic expectations on what this 
vacation for 10 days was supposed to be about. So, <clears throat> doesn't know when they're going to see each other again. He says his heart will break if tonight is the last night that they were together. He doesn't want it to end. He doesn't want the relationship to end because he loves her so much. And he doesn't want to get old and have regrets and wonder, like, what if, what if, what if. Um, and she says, well, you know what? I just don't want to hurt you, but I, I, I'm not going to California. I hope your feelings aren't hurt, but I don't think you're thinking about me. I think you're thinking about yourself and what you want and how sad you are. And you're not thinking about me and what I want. Facts. But he's worried that she's going to meet someone else. Um, if they have no set plans to live in the U.S. or anywhere else. So he doesn't really want to give up on the idea of California quite yet, but he's willing to do this. He asked her, can we be exclusive? And she's looking at him like, what? You live where? And I live where? And you want to do what? She's like, oh, I don't believe in that old school um thinking she thinks it's weird and she thinks he's obsessed with being monogamous and exclusive she's not about to do that which makes total sense to me you guys like you're in two different countries you live in two different countries you just said that you don't know when's the next time you're going to see each other but so you're going to have an a facetime zoom relationship and and then wonder why someone is cheating because you both promised that you would be exclusive. That is so not realistic. It's not realistic. And it's not who Kay has presented herself to be. She said she's a free spirit, doesn't really believe in monogamy. She believes in being in the moment. So, like, you got to know your audience. That's not going to work for her, period. So she's like, yeah, no. She doesn't want to do that. She also says she's not thinking about other people. So it's not like she's going to like go and meet someone tomorrow. But she just wants people to be themselves, she says. She's like, she can't promise being exclusive if they're living in different countries. But what she can promise is that she's going to be herself. And I think that that's, that's wise. And it's a smart move, right? So... Let's be a realistic. She's probably going to meet some people. He's probably going to meet some people. That's what dating is. And if you guys really want to be together, you will make it work somehow, some way, right? So she's like, I'm not committing to any type of monogamy until it's the time for us to be together and work together in the same place. Now, we find out that from him, being exclusive is his way of, proving his love and commitment to her. But he realizes that he needs to think beyond his own insecurities and fears. And that's the first time we've actually heard him say something that's not about himself, right? So that's a big revelation to make, to realize that he has his own fears he has his own insecurities that he was trying to project onto Kay. And he came to realize that 
And he even said he has to learn how to accept an open long distance relationship because he realizes that's the only way he's going to be able to hold on to her is if he is willing to be in this open long distance relationship. If he is not willing to do that and face his fears and insecurities, then this is not going to work. She's been saying the same thing over and over and over and over, and he's just not hearing her. But I think his fear of not ever talking to her is surpassing all of his other um, ultimatums, right? Because he knows that as soon as that he, he gets on the plane, she's going to be good. She's going to be like, let me go out and meet whoever and live my life and live in the moment. Meanwhile, he's going to be in his California apartment or house or wherever he lives, sulking and mad. So what is he going to do? He's going to be like, hey, I'm going to try to love you the way you want to be loved. Because he says how she wants to be loved is the most important to him. Well, you're going to have to learn that because I don't know a person who goes from 100% like I'm this type of person. This is the way I date. I date one person at a time, and I want to be in an exclusive monogamous relationship with them. I don't know how they go overnight to saying, hey, I'm cool with not being exclusive. I'm cool not with be being monogamous, and I'm cool with just being open. I don't know how you do, you switch your mindset like that overnight. So I feel like there might be a little bit of lip service going on here, but we'll see. He says... He's fine that she didn't say yes to the U.S. He's happy that she said yes to him. So he's happy. And so he's going to go back. He's going to find a Spanish teacher. He's going to look at things different and really work on being together. I was like, did he bump his head? He's saying all the right things on the day before he's supposed to leave. He, had an epif he woke up and had an epiphany. Like, what happened? All the things, but I don't know if it's just lip service. We're going to find out on the season finale, like what he's really talking about. He might be just saying all the things so they can continue to talk to her, but we'll see. And last and certainly not least, Sherlon and Ariana. Disappointing day. We find out that Sherlon uh, is COVID positive. Uh, he took a test because they randomly, because, you know, he works at the Swingers Resort, right? So they randomly get tested and he tested positive. So, um, and working where he works because they're swingers, he's like, you know, it can spread like wildfire. So they, they're constantly testing over there. Um, he thinks maybe it's a false positive because he has no symptoms, but to be safe, Ariana went back to the hotel to quarantine and he is quarantining at his house. She tested negative and I laughed. I shouldn't laugh, but I did laugh. She's negative because they don't do shit. Remember, they, they still haven't had sex. So they hadn't seen each other in six months. She spent the night, but I don't know, her feet hurt, she said, or tummy hurt, something hurt. So they had no sex. And they, have, they even said they did no fooling around. There was no sexual intercourse. So you guys were, that's why you didn't catch anything because you guys were like in different places. Oh, Afteen, hey girl, hey, hello from Japan. Wishy, wishy. Um, so then we also find out that 
the night before when they didn't do anything that couples would normally do when they haven't seen each other in forever, uh, they fought and they fought about baby last names. They fought about like his role in the baby's life, all the same things that Ariana continues to talk nonsense about that I just, I'm so done with her, you guys. I'm so done with her, her unrealistic expectations of being a baby mama. Do you know what I mean? Like you put yourself in this situation by having sex unprotected with someone you didn't know that lived in a foreign country while you were on vacation. And now you have all these high expectations for someone that you didn't know you've known for two days to pick up and leave his life and move to America to marry you. And you guys have only known each other for two days. You keep saying 17 days. And now since you've been there for 10 days, we can say it's 27 days. So you haven't even known him for a month, but he's supposed to pick it all up and marry you. You guys don't even kiss. You guys don't even look like you like each other. You're not even romantic. And when you had the time and opportunity to be romantic, you chose not to. Stop playing with me. Stop playing with me. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Like, ridiculous. So, um, they're separate and they thought they were going to have five days out of the 10 days that they were there to be together alone and it didn't happen. So there was no, no anything and she's quarantining at the hotel and she's still complaining. Still complaining, still complaining. She's like, I don't know when I'm gonna see him next. And I thought we were gonna be able to work through all the things we need to work through and get his visa and have him come over and marry me. You thought you were gonna do all of that in 10 days? All of that was gonna be accomplished in 10 days? Okay, okay. Now, you don't wanna give your baby his last name because you feel like he's hardly done anything and you don't know if he's going to do anything in the future. You should have thought about that before you decided to have unprotected sex with a guy that you didn't know. And then you decided that you were going to have the baby anyways. Those are the things that you should have thought about before you decide that you are now, like I see her being the type of baby mama that uses her kid to punish the dad. So if the dad doesn't do what she wants, she's gonna like not let the dad see the son. Like I see her being that person. 100% not okay with that. You don't use your, your children as weapons against your significant others or your, the co-parent, whatever, whatever that person is, whoever you chose to have a baby with, you don't use the baby as a weapon to punish the other person unnecessary and it's immature and that's what she, I see her doing and she even does it with this whole even the baby last name thing oh I'm a, because I don't even know and I sacrificed and I did that and you're not doing but meanwhile you want him to come and marry you because that's going to solve all your problems it's only going to solve the stereotype that you have in your mind which is if you have a baby, you have to be married to that person. Well, 
I would think that if you think old school like that, then you would have probably thought married first, like relationship first. Oh, dating first. Let's date, get to know each other, get engaged, get married, and then have babies. You can't have it both ways. You can't be like, oh, I'm so traditional. I just, you know, if I'm going to have a baby, I have to have a husband. Well, you should have, mm, you can't pick and choose the way you want to do things. Sorry, not sorry. <sighs> Ridiculous. Ridiculous. So she's packing to go home. She's finding it hard to leave. Um, she hasn't seen him because he tested positive again on his second COVID test. And she just really feels like this trip, they didn't accomplish anything. Well, what were you going to accomplish? You've known the dude for two days. Like the best thing you could have done was introduce your family to your vacay fling that you're about to have a baby with. Anything else in 10 days seems unrealistic to me. But she wants to say goodbye to him, doing a socially distant goodbye, wants to give him the benefit of the doubt that he's going to do better and stand up and be a good husband and father. I was like, what? Wait, what? You want to give him the benefit of the doubt? You want to give your vacay bay the benefit of the doubt? He's only shown, and I have to tell you guys, how he's shown up is more than many men would do. I don't even care where they, I don't even care if she was in the same city as, as her two-night stand. He's doing, he's representing and showing up more than a lot of men would do because he doesn't really have a relationship with her. This was like a hookup that this person got pregnant by. Anyways, the other thing that was like kind of weird to me is that, okay, so he's COVID positive. You guys are still filming him and in person and yeah, you're socially distant, but like you have a whole production crew and then you had the, the driver of the shuttle involved, like, and then it was weird to me, like, I, I don't know. So anyways, they're doing a socially distant filmed goodbye. And it sounded like a official, like, bye, bye for now, bye forever from Sherlanza. And that's how it sounded like to me. And I wouldn't be surprised you guys if dare I say it, that maybe he didn't even test positive the second time, but he was just sick of her shit and was like ready for her to just be gone. It's, I mean, anything is possible, right? He didn't have to spend time with her, even though he's like now saying, I love you, I love you and your goodbyes. You don't love that girl and she don't love you, but okay. Anyways, he's like, you're going to be a good mom to our son. That sounded like a rap to me, like, hey, safe travels back to America, have a safe and healthy delivery, and you have a safe and healthy life. I know you're going to be a good mom to our son. That's what it sounded like to me. But he could have just been like, hey, you're going to be a good mom. Don't worry. Didn't sound like that to me, though. Um, Crystal said, that's what I thought. It sure did. Cause as he was saying it, you guys, I was still looking at that wedding ring that was on his finger. That's been on his finger the whole time. Okay. Very 
big and very prominent. So I'm just saying. And that would also fit into my theory about, yeah, okay, you came one night and you slept over. I probably told my wife, like, hey, um, you know, go to mom's house with the kids or whatever, because she needs whatever. Made up some excuse so that the woman could come and stay the night. And then the next day, oh, by the way, I tested positive for COVID, so you have to go back. It fits into my theory, though, right? And then, oh, I can't see you the second time either, like two, three days later, because I tested positive for a second time as well. Oh, and now you have to go back and peace and love. Bye. Have a great life. Be a good mom to our son. It fits. I could be wrong, but it fits the narrative. Um, <laughs> he does say that he really loves her and he loves his son. It's just a complicated situation. I bet it's complicated, Sherwin. I bet. I bet it's very complicated. Um, he just wishes they had more time to figure things out. He gives her these flowers, which was another weird thing to me. Like, okay, you said you wiped it down with 70% rubbing alcohol and you wiped your hands, but then you're going to take these fake flowers and give them to her, but your COVID pot, like the whole thing, I was like, I don't know what your COVID rules and regulations is, but all of this just seems like a bad idea, even the socially distant goodbye, because you're COVID positive and you have all of these people just so you can have this lame goodbye scene. I don't know. It could have been a FaceTime call. That's all I'm saying. And so uh, he wanted to give the fake flowers so that she could put them on his her dresser and always remember him, okay? If that is not a, like, we're wrapping this situation up, I don't know what is. Uh, but the driver said, no, like, we're not doing all that. You're not risking my life because you want to do some nonsense and send some fake flowers back. Well, like, no, we're not doing all that. So driver says, no, he says, love ya. She says, love you too. And he's like, you know, who knew my life would be like this. I was having a baby with an American girl. He does say it's his first kid. So that was a bit shocking to me because I still think he's married with kids, but he does say it's his first, but could it be that it's his first baby with an American. Could be that too, right? Um, Crystal says, that driver said, I'm not messing with y'all in COVID. You can take those flowers, ma'am. You can't take those flowers, ma'am. Yeah, no, thank you. Um, so she's off. And she. we see in the preview of the finale, she's walking off sad and alone to the airport. And, you know, my question was what, she ain't got no job. She lives at home. What's the rush? If she was so sad, she could have stayed at the hotel, quarantined it out and continued to try to figure it out. Like, what are you rushing back home to? However, the previews for next week look very serious. Like she's in hospital, the whole nine yards. Patty, behave yourself. She said, who cares? Those flowers were found outside the Jamaica dollar store. <laughs> oh my God. So funny. Uh, so next week, I can't wait. It's the season finale. Um, they're going to really have to wrap up some of these stories quick. So 
dear TLC, I don't need a cliffhanger. I don't need to wonder. I've already put it like, I'm going to need some serious answers. Season finale immediately, if not sooner. On that note, you guys have a great rest of night and I will see you guys all to one, all of you, my Patreon subscribers. I'll see you for news and gossip tomorrow. I may or may not do um, life after lockup tomorrow. I've already watched it, uh, but it's late here now and I have early morning. So I may do it tomorrow. I may not, but I will keep you all posted. Bye for now.